So uh, your uncle slipped between the boat and the dock and was crushed. And so his last words to Peter <laughs> and Lucy were, protect the jewels at all costs. Oh Not, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the pro- you may be so proud. Not I'm sorry that you had to see me die in this tragic boat accident. They were there. Accident. They were oh, there. Gruesome way. And, and his last words are protect the jewels at all costs. Protect my material possessions, children. <laughs> These jewels that aren't rightfully mine. <laughs> I'm being crushed. I can't feel my legs. Beware and warning and welcome, everybody, to Choose Your Own Book Club. There's a podcast all about the Choose Your Own Adventure books. So my name is Peter. I'm a librarian. My name's Abby. I'm also a librarian. Wait. What? <laughs> I feel like we should do that in unison. One, what? two, three. My, my name, name is Abby. Abby. I'm, I'm also a, a librarian. librarian. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect unison. Um, because we have a special guest today. We have another Abby in the room because we wanted to bring in an expert. On Nabuti. On Nabuti, yes. Uh, no, we want to... renowned expert. <laughs> uh, we just wanted to bring in somebody because the Montgomery books can get a little... What's a polite word for bad? <laughs> nah, nah, bad. <laughs> they can get a little not goody. Not goody. Nah, goody. <laughs> um... So we just wanted to bring in a, bring in another friend. So I brought in uh, the other Abby in my life, uh, in friend part. Abby and wife Abby. Mm-hmm. And somehow I'm Abby number two. Right. Well, I I explained in the last podcast that it's only fair that I call you Abby number two because I met you second. So it's only fair. This is true. It's not a Highlander thing. It's just we get. <laughs> It's an ab- mm-hmm. abundance thing. Hey! <laughs> punchy today. I like dirt, it. Dirt, dirt. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so this is book number 10 we're up to? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> we're up to number 10. Well, they're numbered differently in the re-releases because reasons. It says four, but it feels like 40. <laughs> <laughs> Been doing this for so long. Uh. <sighs> um, so this is book number 10. Lost Jewels of Nabuti. Um, it was re-released as just the Lost Jewels because Nabuti is a silly word. Um, and it was uh, written by Ari Montgomery. This is his third book that he wrote in the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, did you want to get to general impressions? What do you think of this book? Um, skip. Pass. <laughs> I pass. All right, so... Uh, I was brought in to have thoughts. Yes. I have lots of thoughts. Okay. I have all the Well, thoughts. how about just general thoughts, though? One word. Go. Ugh. <laughs> okay, that was the Perfect. word. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, how about let's just get into uh, Choose Your Own Summary. Fun. The, that didn't sound like it was fun, though, Abby. <laughs> I feel very resigned to the <laughs> Choose Your Own Summary at this point. <laughs> Do you now want to do the summary? No, I'm or? ready. Okay. Let's go. All right. Okay. Well, so you are going to uh, summarize this book in yes, 60 seconds or less. Okay. But you get to choose how you want to summarize mm-hmm. it. So I'm going to give you two options. Mm-hmm. 
So option number one. What else were you timing for two hours? I, two minutes. Okay. I thought it was two hours. I was like, what are you doing? Okay. I, I plank for two minutes. Okay. Every day. Really? Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> this is true. Okay. I was like, with those arms? <laughs> <laughs> my strong library arms. <laughs> he holds, he planks so he can hold up these books. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> holding up the weight of this podcast, Abby. <laughs> With the editing, yes. Oh, it's it's very, very difficult. So, uh, you are going to summarize <laughs> this book in okay. six seconds or less, but sure, sure, sure. you get to choose how you want to summarize it. So, option one mm-hmm. is you're going to trade off every other word oh. with other Abby. Yeah. Abby number two. Okay. That sounds fun. For six seconds and try to get as far as you can. Oh, boy. Okay. I like that one already. So option two is you have to summarize it backwards. That's a terrible option. Well, I'm sorry I came up with it, Abby. <laughs> okay. You have a bad idea. <laughs> it was clearly my idea. It was your idea and it was a bad one. So mm-hmm. we choose one. Very nice. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> do you need to prep? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think we should just go in dry. No what? prep. I think so, too. I mean... Okay. It's going to be awful. Yeah. But it'll be fun. But that's what's good about yeah. it. Okay. Okay. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? You start. Okay. okay You're so, Abby one. Okay. All right. So six seconds starts now. You are a kid okay. who <laughs> is going to Boston to meet your cousins. Named Peter and something else. That's Lucy. Sorry. <laughs> no, I used it as one word. Lucy. Lucy. Yep. Wait, whose turn is it? I don't remember. Uh, um, Three seconds. Because you need to find the lost jewels of Nabuti. Because y- you know how. The thing they they five seconds <laughs> uh, got lost. Sure. <laughs> wow. Oh, that, that was that actually so is a really succinct. good setup. That is, yeah. I mean, I think we should just. I think we finished a sentence. I think we finished the podcast. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just gonna say. I think we don't need to keep recording. I think that was That's a so it. succinct. They, they know the entire plot already. Right. It's obvious. I guess let's just <laughs> start from the beginning because this one has just such a odd setup. It's like four pages of setup, which mm-hmm. is new. I feel for the books. Yeah. I mean, the last one had about four or five pages of setup too, but that was more of a mystery, so I think it kind of had to be set up more like that. True. The other books that we've read so far is just a page of setup, and then you go right into it. Right. So this was four pages, more or less. Um, so it starts off like this. Halfway through your summer vacation, you get an urgent telegram for your cousins, Peter and Lucy. So right off the bat. You are a kid. Yeah, yes, you are a kid. Because you're on summer vacation. But also, you're getting a telegram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because everyone does that. Everyone whose cousin is like trying to get in touch with them is like, yeah. ooh, <clears throat> sent you. I got a telegram. That's how my cousins communicate with me. But I just imagine your cousins just going like. Your Morse code. So the the telegram goes like this. 
Need your help finding the jewels in the booty. Stop. <laughs> Fly deposit at once. Stop. Bring passport. Danger. Be careful. Peter and Lucy. Uh, so that's how the jewels of the booty are introduced, like right off the bat. It's just yeah, no introduction, really. Exactly. But you apparently know about them because it's like, oh, you remember the jewels. Yeah. Who could forget mm-hmm. them? Well, <laughs> I haven't read one of these Choose Your Own Adventures in a while. And I had to read these first four pages 10 times because they were were so confusing because after this telegram, it launches into this like, like a little bit of a history of Uh the the jewels. And at one point you actually say, you don't know why you got called. Well, yeah, let's, 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 let's keep going. Exactly. So yeah, after reading the telegram several times, you're still puzzled because you're, because you're Abby. Well, and you're a child as well. You're like, why are they calling me? Right. I'm like 12. How, how am I supposed to help like, fly to Boston by myself? Mm-hmm. Don't I need parents with me? And then this next sentence is just a really good summary of <laughs> R.A. Montgomery's writing style. So the next sentence is, you remember the jewels. Who could forget them? <laughs> this is a great writing, Mr. Montgomery. I, I like to think of it very wistful, like, who could forget them? <laughs> and then there's like the, the flashback sound, like, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's two diamonds, um, there's two rubies, and... Okay, stop right there. Sure. <laughs> Look at the cover of our book. Uh-huh. There are no How many rubies. jewels are on the cover of that book? There's five. And you just said... Four. <laughs> <laughs> After that, that I was true. like, all credibility mm-hmm. lost. Well, mm-hmm. mine doesn't have any rubies on my cover. Yeah, there's you, like, yeah, you said sapphires. There's an emerald? Yep. So yeah, just... Just to clarify, we're both reading the re-releases. <laughs> Mine is an earlier re-release from 2005, and then I think yours is more uh, modern. Yeah. Yours Neither of us are reading from the From 2006. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Completely different cover art. Yes. So my text different. has been revised, too, but not enough to take out some very offensive language. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the things that they replace, like they, they add things like laptops and internet, some of the things that they decide to not take out yeah. are... Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, there's there's four jewels. Or five, depending, <laughs> depending. on your color. <laughs> there is a number, a quantity of jewels. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <sighs> so anyway, the, the jewels. Peter's father had bought them from a trader in Morocco many years ago. Um, so yeah, as soon as he gets these jewels, he tries to give them back. Or he, he just wants, wants more information about them. Right. The, He's a savvy purchaser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The stall's closed. And then the person who sold them... Uh, Peter's father, the jewels. Uh, Abdul dis- Saeed, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he disappears right away. Peter's father gets a letter that says that um, you should give these jewels back. Um, so Peter and Lucy tell you the jewels have been stolen from a museum show in Paris. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite line. What can you do to help your cousins to find them? That's a great question. What, can, what am I supposed to do about this? I didn't know these things existed and why I'm being called up. And then we get to the next part where you leave your house in New Orleans and fly to Boston after you just admitted you have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> right, like, first, why are they asking for your help? Mm-hmm. Second, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And third, you're like, all right, I'm going to pack my stuff and get out of my house. I you didn't even ask permission mm-hmm. from your parents, right. apparently. You just busted out of the place. You're like, I'm on my way. 
this part is even more interesting because then you you meet Peter and Lucy at the airport in Boston. And Peter says, we don't have much time. If you agree to help, take the plane to Paris tomorrow. And then from Paris, you'll fly to Morocco. So why am I going to Boston to get on another plane? Well, like, you had to meet them there to know that you had to go to Paris and then Morocco. But clearly I can telegraph them. <laughs> like, can't I just telegram them? Why didn't you telegram them and say, what do you want me to do about it? And then they could have telegrammed back and say, fly to Paris, dum-dum. Right. So why do you have to go to Boston? <laughs> like, yeah. I would go to, like, Atlanta or you're not Chicago. Like well, because yeah. you find out on the next thing that their lives are in danger. Do you? Yes. Uh, this is where I got really confused. Exactly. Because page, <laughs> page four, it says, but Peter, you complained. I don't understand what this is all about. He said, you will when you read this letter. Spoiler alert, you do not. No, it doesn't make any more sense. <laughs> so the letter says, the jewels of Nabuti are four keys to the hidden wisdom and wealth of a secret African tribe. Those who have the jewels either enjoy health and fame or they suffer agony beyond belief. The current owners of the jewels must guard against their being lost or stolen. They must wait to hand them over to the appointed messengers of Nabuti. Loss of the jewels could mean death. So are you always, like, I guess I don't understand the magic systems. Like, if you have the jewels, do you always get good luck? Or is it just like upon getting them right away, do you just get good luck? Because Peter's father had the jewels and he died. If you're nice to the jewels and you take good care of them, then you're then they're nice to you. But if you're mean to the jewels and you like call them sassy names and stuff, then they're naughty. <laughs> and this is true. That I think <laughs> like somebody like explained it. that later, actually. I didn't get there to was, that part, was, but I'm guessing. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was something like that. Well, that guy sold them, and maybe they liked that guy. And then they were like, ah, how could you? And so that's why Abdul Said was dead mm-hmm. then by from selling them. I don't know. I don't I'm guessing. This is conjecture. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you can, that's basically the setup. You can choose to um, go on the plane right away um, to, to Paris. Mm-hmm. And then from there, there's a, a whole bunch of options. Or you can choose to, if you need more time, you can choose not to go on the plane. Mm. If you choose not to go on the plane, this, there's more backstory to, to Peter's father. Oh, is that what you chose to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I chose oh, to okay. not go on the plane. I, was like, I, I need more time. I okay? figured. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> I wanted to get to my point really quick about uh, if, if you don't go on the plane, you find out more about Peter's father. Um, so yeah, you can choose not to go on the plane, and Peter looks at you and shrugs his shoulders. He says, I don't blame you. Let's go back to uh, our house. You, you hang out at uh, Peter's house uh, for a little bit. Um, so yeah, Peter explains a little bit more about the jewels. So three times in recent years, messages have come demanding the return to the Nabuti tribe. Our father refused to be frightened into returning the jewels. Which... Ah! Uh, give them <sighs> back! Exactly. So that's another reason I kind of wanted Colonizer? Abby... Yes, well, yeah. that's another reason I kind of wanted Abby to... On this podcast is because you're a librarian as well. Yes. You're also an Abby. Yes. <laughs> but in that order. <laughs> in order of importance. Um, but also your library is yeah. currently working to Um, so my library is complying with a federal law called the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, because in the nineteen sixties we were willed about 12,400 Native American items, Mm -hmm. and they are not ours. (laughs) And the the NAGPRA is the acronym for the big law, 
is uh, a law that helps govern the return of cultural and funerary items back to their originating tribes. And we've actually already repatriated an item to a tribe in California. Um, We're working on repatriations on a couple other items because these are not items that should be in our possession. And the library board uh, has been working hard on consulting with tribes and getting things back. So that is why I have all the thoughts on this (laughs) (laughs) That's really awesome. It's exciting. I mean, I, I, you know, I've met, you know, people from California and these tribes, and they're working really hard to bring all of their uh, uh, cultural items back and funerary items back, Uh, especially, you know, what would happen is the guy who willed these items is what's known as a, quote, Indian relic hunter, mm-hmm. end quote. And they would buy and trade these things in the early 1900s because, cool, it's a mound. Let's dig it up. Look at the pretty things. Let's sell it. And that is not great. That's grave robbing. <laughs> that is literally grave <laughs> robbing. Um, but, see, to be grave robbing, you have to understand that those people are human. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of that. You know, we said colonizer. I was like, yup, that screams in this book, too, yeah. where it's this othering of these jewels and this mm-hmm. tribe. And Well, it's it, from this, it's very clear that the, the tribe is trying to get the jewels back. It's not just some, like, random people, like some random bad guys trying to get the jewels back from Peter's father. It's, like, actual representatives of the tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, people but somehow, like... They belong to. Yeah. Yes, but somehow, like, you're the good guy in trying to get these jewels back. To the museum. Yes. Theoretically, that's what you're hired, sort of, to do, question mark. Mm, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so Peter explains the story a little bit about how the father refused to get the jewels back. So it wasn't just that they were uh, worth a small fortune. Dad believed in the legends about the jewels. He knew the jewels had strange and magical powers. Doesn't explain what they are, just but he just knows. Uh, so Peter says, of course, then he was killed in that tragic accident. Huh. So you remember the, de- the details of that awful event. Your uncle was stepping onto a sailboat from a dock on a perfectly calm day when the boat suddenly moved. Your uncle slipped between the boat and the dock and was crushed. How big is this sailboat? (laughs) It'd have to be, I think it'd have to be a yacht in order to do that. I love how it just like, the way that they explain it, Mm -hmm. it moved out and then right at the perfect moment, just like on a clear sea, just crunch. (laughs) (laughs) But if he had the jewels, then like, shouldn't he be protected from this? No, fam. <laughs> because, again, if the, if the jewels are magical... The jewels want to go home. I Yes, I understand that, Abby. <laughs> That's why they keep but, them. So is that, is that what you're saying? That the yes. Jewels, that the jewels kill them? Yes. Oh, okay. The jewels are like... If, if you treat the jewels well, yeah. then... I don't think They will treat you well. <laughs> the jewels are just always trying to get home, maybe. Like Jumanji. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out completely. <laughs> Terrible. Jumanji. Um, so yeah, so uh, your uncle slipped between the boat and the dock and was crushed. And so his last words to Peter and Lucy were, protect the jewels at all costs. Oh my God. Not, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like 
you're the pro- you made me so proud. <laughs> Not I'm sorry that you had to see me die in this tragic boat accident. They were there. Accident. They were oh, there. Gruesome way. And, <laughs> and his last words are protect the jewels at all costs. Protect my material possessions, children. <laughs> <laughs> These jewels that aren't rightfully mine. <laughs> I'm being crushed. I can't feel my legs. I'm really rich. <laughs> Guts everywhere. Because <laughs> I think it'd be different, like, if you just, like, stumbled upon the jewels and, like, didn't really know anything about them. And then all of a sudden there was, like, this magic and misfortune. I think that's a little bit more understandable. But he clearly knows yeah. a little bit about their origin. B- because been, the, like, the tribe, like, tried to, to get them back. Yeah, tried to get them back. Mm-hmm. So he knows what's up. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, th- so... That's the setup. You can either you can either uh, go and try to hunt down the jewels right away, or you can resist the call to action, like I so often do. I did not. Oh, I did not either. Okay. I went so how Jordan. about? Um, how, how, how are you friends with me and Mary? Because <laughs> it all balances out. Wouldn't it be so funny if me and Abby's first run through was like identical and you're like cowering in the corner? <laughs> I was just eating crackers somewhere. Just like, Peter's <laughs> like, he'll take care of it. <laughs> I don't know. That's why you have two Abby's because you've got one to go, and then when she eats, gets eaten by a crocodile, you've got a spare to send. <laughs> you can't get eaten by a crocodile. You can. I know, you can. Yep. You can. True ending. So I take the plane to Paris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And then sitting next to me on the plane is this guy who has, like, no fingernails. Yes. That's kind of weird to me, right? Mm -hmm. He's, like, scribbling on a piece of paper, and there's, like, jewels all over it. And he's like, we should be friends. Come in my taxi. (laughs) And I was like, ah, no, thank you. I'm not going to go in your taxi. So then instead, I get off the plane. I shuffle into the crowd. There's this tall lady, and then a little person is with her. Yes, but it's not explained. Yes, the word midget and that is so mm. offensive and not right. okay. So they change internet, <laughs> they change laptop, but they don't change those words. Nope. Mm-hmm. They sure don't. So they don't explain a whole lot about how they know who I am, but they offer me a slice of ivory and a jet to go to Morocco and I'm like, "Uh, no thanks. I'm not getting in your car with you or your jet with you whatever." She whistles a dog whistle. The French police come and grab me. They question me forever. I'm like, how do they hear the dog whistle? It's so high no one else can hear it, but the police can hear it. Well, I'm just saying. Anyway, they run over, they grab me. They question me about the jewels. I did this talk to text and it says jewels of the booty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they decide to let me go. And then I can either take an officer with me to Morocco or not. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I go alone. And then it says on the next thing that I go to that I have friends named Anton and Ramsey and like Beach Muswell. And I've never heard of these people. Yes. Ever. But it's like on the page. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't know who they are. But anyway. I'm here. I'm at this creepy house. I ring a doorbell. The door swings open, and I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going inside to a weird house where no one's there, and the door mysteriously opens. So I ring the doorbell again. Some guy comes down. It's my cousin Peter. (laughs) I'm like, huh? Okay. So he leads me inside, opens this secret door. We go upstairs. I'm in a room which is full of 17 people. It describes the colors of the people and includes yellow as one of the colors. I did see that too. Uh Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. In the middle of the room is a box. Jewel of, jewels of Nabooti are inside of it. 
And the, one of the other people is my cousin Lucy, and then there's a tall African man, and he says, I've passed the test, and I'm courageous and dedicated, and now I'm a member of the International Tribe of Nabuti, and I'm part of, part of an or, organization fighting for world peace. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> well, there's a couple things. Wait, that was, that was your one run-through? That was my first wow. one. <laughs> yeah, I know. This mine, is what you get. Mine went you... spectacularly worse than that. <laughs> but before we get into, uh, Abby, your okay. run-through, let's just talk a little bit more about, I guess, just the, the randomness and abruptness. My, my new joke is, what does R.A. Montgomery stand for? It stands for random and abrupt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... Who's Beach Muswell? Well, that's that was my example for how random this book gets because uh, there was there's one option where um, you're you're with Peter and Lucy and they're like we don't know what to do we're we're really scared about about dying about uh, being being attacked and then so you say I know I'm gonna contact my friend Beach Muswell <laughs> that's not a name. Uh, your cousins say it's too big for us. You hesitate to turn your cousins with sound, who sound desperate. Wait a minute, maybe I can get Beach Muswell to help. Ooh, Beach yeah. is an adventurer, a private detective, and a good person to have around an emergency. So I'm doesn't a kid. Set, yeah mm-hmm. doesn't set up how you know this person. Yep. So there's two different options. You can get in touch with Muswell, and uh, so if you get in touch with Muswell and he agrees to go, you turn to page 24. If Muswell is nowhere to be found, you turn to page 28. If you turn to page 24, you find out that um, the bad guys have captured Muswell. Uh, you, you basically have to, to stop looking for the jewels. Otherwise, they will, uh, they, they'll murder Beachwell. Not Beach! <laughs> <laughs> the other option is if Muswell is nowhere to be found, you per- turn to page 28. And so, yeah, you turn to page 28 and, yep, he's nowhere to be found. It just spits you out into another branch. (laughs) So this is just a completely random thing that he threw in there. So you never see Beach Muswell. Right. Which is hilarious. I was like, I want to meet this guy. I was told there's an adventure, a true adventurer. Remember, I don't know what I'm doing. I was called up out of the blue to do this thing. And I was like, now an adventurer is going to help me. So I kept trying to get to him, and he's never available. But he's like an adult man who's friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But again, that's just the the randomness of Ari Montgomery, where it's just this thing that doesn't pay off at all. And uh, this character that doesn't play into any other part of the story. It's just this one specific arc, and that that could, could just be completely written out. I like to think he just had a good name in mind, and he's like, I'm just going to throw it in and just see how it goes. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? Uh, the movie Up. Uh, where the, the, you know, the adventure awaits uh-huh. uh, Charles Munson. I oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I had uh. pictured in my head, but you know he turns evil at the end. It's and true. so that's why I was like, maybe that's why we couldn't meet Beach Muswell. It's because he's off somewhere training dogs with voices mm. to be mean. And eat birds. Probably. So anyway, that's an example of how random it is. But it was also just abrupt because very abrupt endings. And in your run, I think in my run too, you really do nothing to get the jewels. Like the jewels were just, for in your example, the jewels were just waiting for you on a table. You really didn't do anything. One time I tried to climb a mountain for them and then I was hit by lightning or I fell in a crevasse. 
<laughs> These books always have very abrupt endings, but especially, I think especially in this book, because it's R.I. Montgomery, they get really abrupt really fast. He does like abrupt and fast. boring. Yeah. I, I mean, there were definitely endings where it wasn't an ending. It, mm-hmm. it was just like, and then you found the tribe and you were part of them and you lived happily ever after. Oh, okay, but what about the jewels? That's mm-hmm. the title of the whole book. There, mm-hmm. I had uh, several endings where it was not even just the end of the story. It was just like he got tired of writing and then just put oh, yeah. the end. Right, because a lot of those abrupt endings are just like three sentences long. So you, mm-hmm. if you really want to, you could flesh it out a little bit more and make it like two paragraphs. No, there's 38 endings. So that's like a lot of the ends to have to write. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to just kind of... Out of 130 pages. Yeah. So. You got to be a little bit short with some of them. So I'll give you my run through. Yes. Because I had an abrupt ending that I was angry about <laughs> because it happened in like four pages. Nice. So, okay. So I started out just like you. Um, and I was like, I haven't read this uh, book like this in ages. So I'm just going to go all in. I'm just going to go all in. Perfect. So they're like, if you want to go on a plane, sure. I popped onto the plane. I was like, yes, I'm going to get on this plane. And then... It was like, do you want to have a creepy cab ride with this random person that was sitting next to you with no fingernails on the plane? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, so I got in the cab ride with a creepy guy, and the ride is fast, and it's dangerous, and your driver doesn't seem to think there are any rules to the road. And I was like, yes, this is how adventure happens. You have yes. to almost die on every single page. <laughs> and... Um, so then you you get I got brought to um, uh, like a restaurant, and I'm told with this member of this creepy guy that I'm with uh, that uh, we're gonna be waiting for somebody. So I have to choose if I take a seat on the left near the door or if I sit with your back to the wall. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm a savvy adventurer. I'm gonna sit with my back to the wall because that is how things are done. Smart. So I sat with my back to the wall, and I watch a mullet. Malatawa. Enters. Yes. So Malatawa is part of the Nabuti tribe. Yes. He is a handsome man, about 25 years of age, with tribal scars on his cheeks, two rows of three lines each. Fun fact, he is described differently in a different strand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Malatawa enters and he, he says, thanks for meeting me. And he kind of gives me two choices. Do I want to meet Malatawa's father, the king? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to go to Senegal? And I was like, well, again, adventure awaits. I'm going to go meet the king. I don't know how many times you guys get a chance to meet the king. So I was like, awesome. So I'm, I'm going to meet the king. This is the greatest start to everything. <laughs> and it says, unfortunately, you never get to meet with Malatawa's father. While waiting for the metro subway to take you across Paris to the king, two men posing as straight musicians put you off the platform. You fall onto the third rail. Electrocuted. It's all over for you. Too bad. The end. <laughs> And I was like, this is my reward for just going all in and just being like, I'm going to take the most reckless decisions is by page 34. I'm electrocuted and I didn't even get to meet a king. But I don't even think that's necessarily like a reckless decision. That makes the most sense because I think you're trying to do the right thing and, you know, give the jewels back or at least know more about the jewels. Right. I mean, if I get to talk to the king, right. you know, he's mm-hmm. either going to be able to tell me more or I'm going to be able to say, uh, again, hey, I would like to get the jewels back. Mm-hmm. Great. In a How sense. Can I help you How best? can I help you? Yeah. In a sense, though, you're basically asking to speak to Molotov's supervisor. Though. <laughs> <laughs> he offered. That, that is true. Yes. He offered. 
Um, so yeah, that was my entire first run through. And so speaking of really bad like endings, I was like, that's my reward for just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. So anyway, not happy with my first run through. No, I get that. And it was very funny because I, like I said, a Molotov was described separately. So when I got a chance to sit with facing the door or away from the door, um, when you sit facing the door, he's described as a tall black man wearing a red, green, and black African shirt enters the room. He looks like an athlete and he quickly takes a seat at a round table. It's Malatawa. That is not at all how you described him. Yeah, no. Literally the page before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of times like that where the everything changes. Like, there's one time where if you go to Senegal, you f- are trying to do some research and find out more about this Nabuti tribe, like tr- trying to find them. And you find this club Nabuti, and you can either, like, take a tour guide and travel there, or you can rent a car because you're a child and drive there yourself because you're, like, 12, of course. 12-year-olds do that. If you take the tour guide, then you get there and it's a little different, but if you travel there by yourself, they're like, hey, buddy, you're part of our peace group now. But if you take the tour guide there, you get there, and it's like all these rich people, and then a man invites you into his office, and you mention the jewels of Nabuti to him, and he laughs, slaps you on the back, and says, sure, we had them, but we sold them to pay for the new addition to the club. You don't think that's very funny. The end. <laughs> it's like, so it's the same club, but it has a different... Like ending how, both times. <laughs> I like how this club, though, has a new edition. Like, yeah. it's a library. Or, yep. like, like yep. Uh, some sort of just, like, municipal building. We sold it to make the billiards room. <laughs> <laughs> we sold those duels. And the, but again, also, that doesn't make any sense, because weren't these just in a museum until yeah. you got a, a telegram? Yes. That they weren't? Yeah. Right, so. it makes no sense. <laughs> no, no sense. Museum yes. pieces are notoriously hard to sell. Yes. That's why, like, stolen paintings are usually just, like, in someone's attic because, like, you can't fence them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, okay, so let's so let's go back to one of my uh, my choices. I got to go, remember, I got to try to meet Malatawa's father, which, of course, was not exciting, and then I died and I was electrocuted. Or it said to go to Senegal. And I thought, very interesting. This is a real country. And Nabuti is not real. So it was, I found it very fascinating that everything else, I mean, there's times when you could, you can travel to the country of Chad if you want to. Mm-hmm. They talk about being able to, uh, the, they know that the tribe of Nabuti is like migrating across the Sahara, stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, so Ari Montgomery clearly missed a trick here. Because, and this is part of why I got really angry at this book, part of time, yes. <laughs> One part. <sighs> um, was... He is bringing in this fictional tribe into a very real world when he could have just talked about the Songhai Empire or the Mali Empire. These were massive empires that were known for their wealth. Everyone's probably heard of Mansa Musa mm-hmm. of the Mali Empire. And then the Songhai Empire was known for bringing peace in the 15th and 16th century. And so he totally hijacks an actual history of a real cultural people slaps a stupid name on it. <laughs> Why? You find Nabuti to be stupid? <laughs> Fun fact, if you Google Nabuti, the only thing that comes up is this book. Yeah. <laughs> and and then places it in a real place. Senegal was part of the Songhai Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I it just made me really angry because we're talking about, you know, colonization clearly. 
uh, stealing items, keeping them in museums, and, and cultural appropriation. Yeah. And he's doing that when we could have actually learned something about real history. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, if when you look at these books, like, this happened with the Deadwood City one, too, where we were like, oh, you could have actually put it in real Deadwood and actually used the real tribes instead of just, like, making up fake stuff. And, like, but no. Okay. Maybe they're trying to be respectful by doing that, but it actually is not. It's, like, the opposite. Right. <laughs> so, Very opposite. And, you know, you could learn something real then, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, that was that was a thing that I got very angry at, and then I had to put it down for a minute. I like how we're getting a free concert. <laughs> yeah, I'm wonder, not sure if this I is... I wonder if this is going to pick up. I was going to say, I'm not sure if this is picking up, but we are in a recording studio at Abby's <laughs> library. We're Abby One's library. Abby One's. Thank you. We have to differentiate. Um, uh, and so the booth right next door is beautifully... With their, with their siren song, is luring us into the other booth. Well, I hope that we're not picking up on her beautiful siren song. Giggling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One of my favorite lines that I sent a picture of to Peter was, um, you could spend your life in the library, but you want action. And I don't remember which path I was on, but... I do remember that, that line, was though. a good line. Yeah. That's just me in general. I could spend my life in the library, but I want action. <laughs> baby. They should have been baby after it. I what, wonder... What, what is your stuff, Peter? Tell me about you. <laughs> what is what is my What's stuff? What's your deal? Oh, I was going to say, I wonder what <laughs> Ari Montgomery's, like, Lexile level is. On the book or in general in his brain? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe both. Because, like, his just... His sentence structure is usually just... They usually just end very abruptly. There's very little detail, except for when he like he fixates fixates on things. So yeah, I just I think just his, his sentence structure and just his just the way he writes is just so poor compared to Packard. Packard usually can describe what's happening a little bit better. A uh, instead of doing my run through, I wrote down a couple things of uh, hallmarks. Unhinged of, moments. Is no, that what we should call it. I wrote down hallmarks of Ari Montgomery. So oh, fun. If this happens, you might be an Ari Montgomery book. <laughs> oh, no. Nope. Take that back. I never want to hear you say that again. Nope. Divorce. So, <laughs> so if you have random tonal shifts, you're in an no, Ari Montgomery no, book. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm... I'll because... Go. So, no, so I, I don't have to phrase it like that, but... Okay. You can phrase this it book like, has so many random tonal shifts because it's trying to be serious, trying to be kind of like a modern Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones was mm-hmm. 81. Mm-hmm. This book's 82. Um, so I feel he, he's trying to make it kind of more um, like... <laughs> just like that, yes. But trying to make it serious. But then every once in a while, it just like it will tonally shift and there'll be a... Uh, you'll be given a, a dog... That explodes, and that's how you die. Did you not get that part? No. He killed a dog. A dog. No, he didn't kill a dog. It was a um, big dog. So there was. Let's see. I wrote down. Uh, you're randomly deciding what to do. So as you sit in the warm sunshine, deciding about if you're going to Morocco or not, um, a, do- a girl comes up to you with an odd-looking dog. She runs up to you, laughing happily, and hands you the leash. She runs away. When you look down, you realize that that dog 
is a mechanical dog, not a real one. Without warning, explodes into a thousand brilliant shards of metal. The explosion phases you off. Ugh, what a horrible way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I think he's he's trying to be funny. Kind of like... Um, like balloon. before it explodes, you look at the camera and you're like... Yeah. You hold up a tiny sign that says, yikes. <laughs> so I think he was trying to be like uh, Terman in Balloon to the Sahara. But mm. at least that book was bonkers the whole way through. Oh, yeah. As opposed to this one where it's semi-serious, like semi-magical. And then there's this crazy ending. So Because I like it when they get crazy. Mm-hmm. But I would prefer like pick a lane. Yeah. If you're going to go wild, stay wild, you know? Mm-hmm. Stay wild. Well, you have that tattoo that says that. Yeah, it says that all over Your my face. entire face. <laughs> on, my, on my forehead, it says stay, and then on each cheek, W-I-L-D. So it looks like a big mustache, too. Yeah, on that, that, the mustache says moon child. Yep. So, definitely. And if you shave your eyebrows, there's, like, lightning bolts on yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Very post Malone. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm with it. You you were pre Malone. <laughs> if you haven't been in the library recently, you should really go. <laughs> we're cool. Um, so yeah, just random tonal shifts is kind of I feel like hallmark of Montgomery. Because um, I, I noticed that a little bit in Journey into the Sea mm-hmm. and Space and Beyond, but this one he he seems to, to really amp it up. Uh, random characters that only show up in one branch, another hallmark. Uh, again, because we, we talked about uh, Beach. Well, we didn't even get to see. I mean, he didn't even show up, technically. He was mentioned. Um, abrupt endings is another hallmark. Uh, because, again, this this book will just randomly end, like, with you and, mm-hmm. and the... What was it? The king. Oh, yeah, you, you go to meet the king, and then all of a sudden you just get thrown onto a train. Um, As one does. One, go- one goes to meet a king. I wonder if the king was bumping you off or someone else was. No, because in another one, I met the king. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Or, I mean, that is assuming there is logic between any of the branches. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that assumption. <laughs> Foolish. <laughs> and then just this last thing I noticed uh, about Montgomery's style is that there's just these larger concepts that don't tie well together. Because I noticed this, uh, especially in Space and Beyond, where you just can kind of just turn to random pages and you can be like, how the heck would you get here? Oh, yeah. And with Packard, sometimes that happens too. But most of the time, like, I'll read it a couple times through and then just to kind of get a sense of the book, I'll open up to random pages. And most of the time, I I can kind of figure out how to get there, more or less. Mm -hmm. With Space and Beyond, uh, and especially with this one, like, even reading through a, a couple... A bunch of different branches. I still have no idea oh, yeah. how to get to, to certain pages, mm-hmm. like this one. Well, that I just found when I was flipping through. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so this one, I I did get to this branch. I'm not 100 percent sure how I did, but you're going around. The address turns out to be the Museum of Fine Arts. Our large sign out front announced the exhibit of the fabled Jewels of the Booty, a recent loan to the museum by an anonymous group. So, in this branch. The jewels have been returned. Most of the time, the jewels are just given to you or they're just taken away from you because kind of randomly. You don't really have a whole lot of agency in what happens to them. Um, Once they manifested in my pocket. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, Harry Potter. That happened to me too. Jeez. Um, so 
so yeah, th these jewels just randomly uh, are in a are in a museum. You notice four or five children outside the museum wearing the booty T-shirts. They are listening to a CD player and doing a strange dance. The music blares "Do the Nabooty," a new hit dance tune. The end. So what Why? does that even mean? Did the mu did the museum like produce this song? Maybe and and, and give swag. <laughs> As, as museums often do, they have swag. Like, I mean, what, sometimes they for, do that for like a big exhibit, but was it a local musician or did they rope in somebody like Hanson on a mbop track? Because I can't think of another song. No, this is definitely a rap song, the booty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think of another like instance in real life where that would happen. Like, I know Steve Martin did like the King Tut song mm -hmm. because like there was that big King Tut exhibit in the 70s. Um, but that was like a parody song on a comedy show. Yeah. So like. Yeah, it's it's either Weird Al or nothing on something like this. <laughs> or Celine Dion. So again, just abrupt <laughs> and random. My heart will go on. You've got I those got long you. <laughs> Uh Do you want to get to some of your favorite deaths? Sure. Do you have? Well, do you want to talk about any other stuff? I don't know. There's I mean, just kinda, so much to talk about in this one. There's so much to talk about, and then there's, like, not a whole lot to talk about either. The art is terrible. I miss well, Paul Granger. Yes, that's the one thing that they also change up in the um, in the re-releases, is they don't use the original art. I can't imagine how much more offensive these pictures would have been with Paul Granger, though. <laughs> well, that is, that's a fair point. Yeah. See, yeah, at least they're they're trying to have better representation. Yeah. But anyway, let's get to uh, favorite deaths. So, did you have a favorite death? My favorite death is when I died trying to escape in a helicopter. Um, oh. There, I was in a helicopter, and I was flying a helicopter, because I'm 12 and I fly helicopters, <laughs> and I was, uh, the uh, kidnappers were coming after me, and I had a choice of either getting out of the helicopter and, and giving myself up, or like taking off in the helicopter and trying to get away from them. And so I flew away because, of course, I was like, remember, I'm in this for the adventure, people. So I flew away as fast as I could, and they riddled the helicopter with bullets, oh, and I put my foot down to the gas, and I tried to uh, get away, and I died. Yeah, because you're a kid. You don't know how to fly a helicopter. I, apparently I do. Oh, my. Yes. That was, so that was very random because also if you get out, and go with the kidnappers. The kidnappers uh, connected me with the the tribe of Nabuti, and I just like the end was something like the I became a peace officer in the tribe of Nabuti, and I lived with them, oh, and that was huh. it. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's so that was weird. a weird trend. That was a really weird strand. Uh huh. Mine was um, when the lady offers me the ivory and asks me to get on the jet. Uh, initially, I did not do it, but in the best death, I did go on the jet, mm -hmm. and I have the option, as these like people are kidnapping me, to, uh, there's a blind woman on the street. I have the yes. option to show her the option this to... ivory. And, like, yes, which I like that element, because yeah. yeah. it felt more like a, like, like a game. Right. I yeah. can like, show her the ivory, and she can, like maybe it'll help her save, like, maybe she'll help me, maybe she'll save me. Mm -hmm. Or you can hold on to the ivory. Or I can to. save the mm -hmm. ivory to maybe use for later. Mm -hmm. If you show her the ivory, she calls some guys over 
And so they tough up these kidnappers and they bring you down this alley and you go into this space and this guy's like, give me the jewels. Ugh! And you're like, I don't have them. He's like, check your pockets. And so if you don't check your pockets and you try to run away, then you're like pretending to look in your pockets. Mm-hmm. You sprint, I got this one too. You sprint <laughs> out of the room. You go into this beautiful courtyard with like lotus flowers and stuff. And a fat, greasy man is on the other side of the pool sharpening his scimitars. And then you're like, what the heck? The pool looks pretty good right now. So you take a running leap into the pool and you're like, ha ha ha, I've gotten away. So he's like, no, don't go in. But you jump in anyway. And then eyes start coming towards you. Crocodiles, more eyes converge on you as you thrash to escape the oncoming open jaws. Too late. The end. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like the people that were like supposedly chasing you were just trying to like, don't jump in the pools. <laughs> and then you find out that the person that was ended up chasing you, like if you if you choose to actually like check your pockets, you find out that uh, the the man is actually like the king in disguise. Yep. Mm. That's when I finally got to meet the king. Oh, okay, very nice. Oh, yes. And I then, should have done that. Yep. And then you're and when you check your pockets, the jewels mm. are in there because oh. you are mm. true and honest or something. Or what? it's just abrupt. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, I feel like Montgomery just isn't as strong of a writer as Packard in general, but also like he's just not as good at writing these Choose Your Own Adventure books in general either. Is he not good or is he really great at sleight of hand? He's like, I'm just going <laughs> to slip this one in there. Because <laughs> uh, you could <laughs> almost... <laughs> you could almost just rearrange the endings into any branch... And they would still make just as much sense. Very true. Yes, very true. Well, and I, I kept feeling like uh, he had some big bulletin board that just had, like, little ideas all over it. <laughs> and he literally just would grab one and be oh, like, okay, yeah. the next page is going to have this on it. And he'd just mm-hmm. put it down. And I'm fairly certain he's never actually reread what he wrote because anybody spending five seconds would realize that none of this makes sense. So it's very clear he wrote it. And then submitted to his publisher, and the publisher didn't read it, and they said, that's good, and then they published it. And yeah. that's what we have. Because I think at some point they were just like, let's just crank out as many of these as we can. Let's not worry about editing or seeing if they make sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel at least Packard is you know, trying every single time. And even when they're not working, he's at least trying something different. Packard seems to understand that different can make sense. Whereas this is just a grab bag. Right. Like, you know, it's it's not, like, interesting in a, like, a sensical or even, like, in the same universe mm-hmm. kind of way. Uh, whereas Packard's stuff seemed to be a little bit more, like, I'm making deliberate decisions. Right. And normally I like those really, like, unhinged, wild, like, Wild West kind of ones. Like, whoop, let's just toss all this stuff mm-hmm. in here. But this one I didn't, you know, just not as uh, exciting. I kind of agree. Um, I think also maybe because it was just so close to real life or it was like a real life setting that it just didn't capture me as much Mm -hmm. either. Like, because then when it got crazy, it just was, it just felt off as opposed to like when like the outer space one got crazy Mm -hmm. or like when the Wild West one got crazy. It felt more fun as opposed to this where it just felt more confusing. Mm -hmm. What's your my answer? favorite ending. Well, my favorite ending is the exploding dog. Obviously. But, um, so we didn't really talk, we talked a little bit about Malatawa. Malatawa is 
one of the very few characters that is kind of just through from branch to branch, just kind of helps you out or is just trying to get the jewels back. Uh, he, he is a representative of the Nabuti tribe. Um, so there's uh, one instance where you um, keep getting attacked by um, just different assailants. And Malatawa's like, I don't know if I can trust you. You just seem, seems to be kind of like bad luck. And in order to um, gain his trust, you have to help this guy named Ramolt. R-A-M-O-L-T. Mm-hmm. And so if you uh, choose to help him, Ramolt is the codename of a leader of the Nabuti Peace Group. Because, again, Nabuti is working towards world peace, either through the jewels or through other means. Um, he is hiding from the authorities who fear him because he has the power to lead revolutions. A little ominous. But uh, people follow him. That's just one <laughs> sentence. People follow him. So I just imagine him walking then and everyone's just like <laughs> But uh, here is where it gets confusing. He is one of the jewels of Nabuti. The what? jewels are four famous people who lead the fight for world peace. The what? real jewels are fa- are valuable, but unimportant. So the cover lied even more than it lied in the first place. So There's no real jewels. Again, I think that's another hallmark of Ari Montgomery, where it's just like instead they of were a twist. A metaphor. But are no. they? Because <laughs> like, there was real jewels in a museum at one point. You can't put people on a pedestal <laughs> in a museum. Where it's. I, I think this is another hallmark of Montgomery where it's just like the branches don't necessarily collide or they just, they're not cohesive and they're not like one branch is completely separate from another branch. You know, there's no, there's no carryover oh, yeah. or anything like that. And they can negate each other in weird yes. ways. Yes, thank you. And it's like... <laughs> yep. Well, and there's completely separate logic. Like, Abby, yeah. you found the jewels. They're literally in a box. Somebody had found them, and then it was like a test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found the jewels when they just, like, showed up in my pocket mm-hmm. because I had a true heart or something. Which makes them clearly magical. Which makes them magical. But, yeah. you know, Abby, your strand, that doesn't mean that they're magical. And then you found a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, Ramolt, he is one of the jewels in the booty. The jewels are four famous people. Um, the real jewels are valuable but unimportant. And then it just ends with, you have made a brave choice. Good luck. <laughs> and that's it. So you're just helping this revolutionary who's at least working for the good guys. But, you know, what does that mean? Um, so it just abruptly ends again. So, again, RA stands for random and abrupt, in my opinion. Abby, thoughts? <laughs> so... You're staring into the void. I think we broke Abby. <laughs> That's why you always bring a second Abby. Sure. <laughs> it as a spare. We're getting the li- listeners used to it. Oh. Just kind of like ease me in when your brain breaks after another Ari Montgomery. <laughs> oh. Well, hmm. my final thought sure. is a newbie and guest. Don't start with this book. I was just going to say. <laughs> it is... Having not read one of these in mm, 25 years, it was hard and rough. So which ones do you remember? Like, I, I meant to ask that at the beginning, but what, what is your relationship to the books? I, I don't remember any specific book. Um, I remember these were some of the few books that 
you know, I could get my hands on and Mm -hmm. that were actually written for kids. I was never a huge fan of the medium because if you guys reread the book, you will notice that not only did I take the most reckless path, I took the laziest path. (laughs) (laughs) Because it goes from page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Mm. (laughs) And uh, so I, I... Remember enjoying reading them enough, but not really engaging with them. And it was looking back, it was probably because I really quickly progressed to things like, well, I'm wearing the T-shirt for Redwall. <laughs> and Brian Jocks and R.A. Mon- R. Montgomery are not on the same planet together in terms of writing. And so this, right. it just kind of it always I need to get into a book. And when it's this really super random and abrupt, as you say, it just throws me off. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Back to your point, though, of, yeah, do not start with this one. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, definitely start with the Packard. It's, it kind of kills me a little bit that the Packards are so hard to find and the Montgomerys are so easy to find mm-hmm. because in a perfect world, well, in a perfect world, you'd be able to find both. But if I had to choose between a Packard or a Montgomery, I would definitely choose a Packard. I think the worst Packard is better than the best Montgomery, at least so far. So far, yes. I know there's there's some good Montgomerys coming up, so I don't want to, you know, yeah. dunk on him too much. But he still has, he hasn't found his footing yet. He doesn't understand the format yet, and he just hasn't really found his voice as a writer yet. No, it seems like he, like, approaches these with the air of someone who reads a William, Carlos Williams poem and goes, anyone, <laughs> anyone could do that. <laughs> I could do that. And then tries tries to do that. And they don't. <laughs> they can't. You can't do that. Someone who reads Ernest Hemingway is like, I could do that. <laughs> anyone could write about a guy in a boat. <laughs> I just find a fish or whatever. I can find it. I, I do that all the time. I go fishing. I can write a boat about a guy fishing. That's easy. <laughs> no. No. And that's how he has written his first book. Well, I he think... He read Edward Packard's and was like, I can do that. Well, because <laughs> that is interesting because Packard's first book was the first Choose Your Own Adventure. It was, yeah. it was, um, and he was his editor, right? Or his publisher. His publisher. Yep. I don't think his editor. Right. Uh, but yeah, Packard's first book is Sugarcane Island in 76. So Packard just has kind of a natural gift, potentially. And Montgomery is just kind of one of those people that where he has the drive and the heart, but he doesn't have the talent yet. I think, I think it's going to develop over, over books, like over years. I, I don't want to, you know, like I said, just completely write off the Montgomerys. But so far... Good heavens, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, otherwise we're in for a slog. Because mm-hmm. like, it's going to be bad. <laughs> before my least favorite one was Space and Beyond, but now I think it's this one. Yeah, this one's... Uh... So... Well, thank you for inviting me on <laughs> this particular book. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up with some housekeeping. Uh, thanks for choosing us today, everybody. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast just so you stay on top of recent episodes. Make sure that you uh, rate the podcast with a positive review. It just helps people find the show. It also just makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, Every five-star review is like a warm hug. It's like five hugs. It's like five warm hugs. <laughs> um, make sure that you check us out on Instagram just because we post 
uh, memes. We post just wild stuff, just fun stuff. Make sure that you uh, check out our Redbubble store. It's almost up. Um, so you can find our uh, T-shirt with a logo on it, plus some other just some wacky fun stuff. Uh, just for all you picky choosers out there. Choosy pickers. Choosy pickers, whatever you want to call yourself. And picky choosers. <laughs> I'm going to make it a thing. <laughs> Until we come up with a better name. Um, That's the one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and also you can email the show at, I forget what it's called. It's in the show notes. I think it's choose your own book club at podcast at gmail.com. And so, yeah, we'll do like a mailbag episode at some point. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, we didn't even, we didn't do our. What? We didn't do the, I'm, a, I'm Peter, I'm a librarian. Oh, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. then do it. Okay. You ready? Yeah, you're oh. the one who has to start it. I thought you were already done. Well. <laughs> now I'm under pressure. Yes. My under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> My. Da, da, da. Did you start so, Thanks for listening. I did. I did. Wanna, I think so. You might want to do that again. Okay. Oh, know. fair enough. Because I've ruined everything. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's the podcast in general. Ruined it up. <laughs> My, uh... <laughs> this is how they always end. Yes. <laughs> this is how they always start. And this is how they always middle. With me singing some weird... Some mm. weird... There's 15 minutes of, like, cutting it out. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening today, everybody. My name is Peter. I'm a librarian. My name is Abby. I'm a librarian. Too. Also. (laughs) 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 Abby in stereo. (laughs) 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 All right, well. Thanks for listening today, everybody, and thanks for coming on today, Abby. Yeah, it was really fun to have me, but maybe next time, can I do a Packard? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you next time. Oh, our next book will be... Mystery of the Maya. We're going from one problematic book to another. Yay. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for listening today, everybody.